Welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein and my partner in, in crime, Igor Jerkovic. Igor, how you doing? Uh, doing fine. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, happy to see games being played. Uh, unfortunately, we, we got a uh, COVID hit this, this week. Um, and... Uh, to be honest, I mean, kind of puts uh, Ike in a bind. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that uh, uh, in a minute, but uh, otherwise, it's uh, uh, some good games, some uh, action-packed games, uh, uh, and uh, plenty of storylines to talk about. Um, maybe let's first start off with uh, the. Uh, we're going to be talking to Sam Decker of Turk Telecom Ankara. He. Uh, wasn't able to go, had an ankle injury, but is hopeful that he can play next week against the aforementioned Ike. Um, standout performances for the playoffs, week one. Uh, we had Ratan Obasohan, uh, Nimburg's uh, game against Broza Bamberg, 21 points, six assists, four rebounds, three steals. Fantastic game by him. Uh, Nick Johnson, one of the guys to step up in the absence of Decker. Uh, in the win over Strasbourg, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Ahmad Mbai, Kashiaka's uh, win over Tofas, 25 points. And uh, we also had uh, Jonathan Barrero, Barrera uh, with 26 points, uh, 6 of 6 on threes in Saragossa's win over Sassari. And the final one is uh, Yasiel Rivero in Burgos's uh, big win over Vavriga, which I'm sure we'll talk probably more probably more about than any other game. Twenty five points, eleven rebounds. Um, you know, I think you mentioned Barrera, uh, you mentioned uh, Rivero as a as an MVP candidate uh, a while back, and and um, man, he he killed it for them. Uh, was um, mainly the the you know the go to guy there for a couple of minutes there. Uh, your thoughts on 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 really you know five just tremendous out, out uh, performances. Yeah, no, not a single single problem with that lineup. I mean, all of them just played really good games and won close games. Basically, even other than Barrero and every single other player from that lineup had a close game to win and had to do his best it wasn't like just piling up numbers in a blowout win it was close games and just what the playoffs are supposed to be yeah the, the one other guy who could have maybe gotten a, a, a shout out would have been chris johnson alone um uh, but you know you you can't take any of those guys out and and all of those guys were really the leaders of their teams as well uh, let's let's jump right into the action uh, in in Group I. We had uh, Kashiaka, um, as we mentioned, they they knocked off Tofa seventy eight seventy, and the other game was uh, Brindisi losing at home to Halone. Uh, I'll let you start uh, with what you uh, maybe want to talk about those games. Um, I focused on Brindisi and Halone because I wanted to see how Brindisi are going to look without D'Angelo Harrison and. They looked really good, but just turned out that they don't, they didn't have the closer that D'Angelo Harrison would have been on the court for them. Uh, it was a beautiful game. It was just high pace and a lot of emotion, a lot of energy mm-hmm. from both sides. Uh, and after the game, like 
Guy Panini was the one who hit the go-ahead triple. Turned out to be the game-winning triple for Holon. Then after the game, he got into it with the coach of Brindisi, which was highly bizarre to see Like after the game. But <laughs> at the same time, it just speaks volumes on the amount of emotion that all these people have invested in the game and in the Basketball Champions League and how every single point matters and every single win matters. And this was the first ever win for Holon on the road. Um, not just on the road, but just against any kind of Italian competition. The thing was that they were like 0-6 against Italian clubs previously in the BCL, so this is a big one. Yeah, uh, and um, man, Thompson's layup at the end looked like it you know what it it, it would have been actually uh almost fitting if the ball had actually stayed up there and not come back down uh it it was really close to going in and uh that obviously would have been would have sent the game to overtime uh yeah you know Kashiaka, i i kind of looked at that one a little bit more and uh, i i think the the fact that you know they they missed their first 11 they were all of 11 on threes uh through the first three quarters and were still holding on and uh, and Bay, you know, hit the two back-to-back threes. And then, um, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's just a little bit more of the experience of, of big games. You know, you, you look and see who were the guys that came through when it counted most. You had them buy the two back-to-back threes, the only two threes that they hit. Um, and then you had Tony Taylor drawing the charge at one end and then Mbai getting the layup at the other end in that final minute to, to decide that game. And, and, um, so, uh, you know, that, that was probably my biggest taking point from, from, from the group. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about the, the combo of Tony Taylor and Amat Mbai being back together, uh, in my last help side column because we had a sort of like BCL NBA comparison if you look at the mirror, which NBP on the other side, and for Karciaka, it was the LA Clippers because they had two championship winning guys reunited back together as teammates, which is like Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka, and it just turned out to be Tony Taylor and uh, Amatan Bay on the side. And, you know, it's as, as corny as it sounds, it's just... It matters, like championship winning guys, they matter, their, their mentality matters. So I'm always going to pick somebody who wanted to be in my locker room. And you can see it when, when the going gets stuff, they just get started and they do their thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, if you have any doubts, just go back and watch that game and see how, yeah. uh, you know, nobody's hitting threes for, for them and, and Mbai hits it. You know, you have a, a gritty play by Taylor drawing a charge. Um, yeah. and then, and then, and by it's the layup, you know, that, that's BCL champs, you know, that's what it, what it takes. Uh, moving to group, uh, J, uh, uh, defending champs, Herodes and Pablo Burgos, uh, needing everything they could and more, uh, to barely hold on and, uh, and go to overtime and beat Fevriga 76, 75. And then the other game was, uh, uh, Lenovo uh, Tenerife knocking off uh, Ikokea in Bosnia Herzegovina uh, 8262. Uh thoughts. Go ahead. Uh I watched Burgos play against Real Madrid over the weekend and they had so much trouble especially Rivero with uh Edi Tavares who had his best game ever in the Liga Endesa. And I was always looking at the next game like 
just need to see what Rivera is going to do because he looked so frustrated with not being able to match up with a much taller guy like Tavares at both both ends of the floor. And I was thinking, like, he's going to have a big game in this one. And it turned out to be that way because that's that's what I liked about him when I, when I told you that he was one of my MVP contenders because he's a guy that never wants to walk away from a battle. Like, he, when he faces adversity, he's going to do his best in the next game. So it was just another proof, like... Rivero is for real. Like I really enjoy watching that guy. Not really sure about his hairstyle, but his, his game is crazy good. Yeah. I, you saw it there, just like Mbai and and um, and Taylor. They said, you know, Rivera's getting it done. Just go right back to him, right? Go back to him uh, over and over, and they did that. Um, and you know, Favriga, uh, you know, I, I picked them that they were, uh, you know, going to. Uh, lose on I, I think I said lose on the point differential um, with um, uh, with Tenerife. You know you have to chalk it up to a learning experience. Maybe I mean yeah. you think of it, it kind of as the, the opening game of the season with Strasbourg. You know uh, you know with the with the Bonzi Colson uh, three. Uh, you hate to say it, but that's kind of how you feel. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge stepping stone for them for sure. Yeah, uh, and the other game, I mean, you just you know, uh, it was Tenerife just being too too much. Yep, yep. I mean, I'm going to mention it a bit later, so I don't exactly. Want to say. All right, uh, <laughs> Group K, um, Turk Telecom, Ankara uh, knocking off uh, Six Strasbourg, eighty three seventy six, um, and then uh, the, that was the only game as the Nizhny Novgorod yeah. uh, Ike game uh, fell victim to COVID. Um, you know, both guys, uh, both teams, uh, Turk Telecom and, and, and Strasbourg missing, uh, uh, important players with Sam Decker and, and Ish Wainwright out. Um, you know, thoughts on, on that one game there? I mean, if you have to bring in, uh, sign in mid season, it has to be an upgrade. Like you cannot just bring in another guy who's going to be, just a part of a rotation. You have to bring in somebody who's going to put you to the next level. And Turk Telecom have not only done that, they brought two amazing guys because the way that Marcus Foster and Joni O'Brien reacted in their first game for Turk Telecom in the BCL was just crazy because both of them came off the bench. They didn't, it didn't bother them at all. They, they were full of rhythm. As, as soon as they stepped on the court, they were ready to take over the game and, once you have two additional options from the bench scoring in double digits, it's just amazing. I mean, no, I'm, they're always going to have good American guys. You, we, you, you already saw it, like with Sam Decker and Kyle Wilcher and, and Michael Eric. I mean, those are elite guys for this kind of competition. And for them, it was always going to be like, what are my domestic guys going to do? And well, in this game, John Korkmaz had a huge, huge 7-0 run by himself that took the game from a three-point game to a 10-point game. So kudos for them for signing up with John Korkmaz. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've been kind of critical about Turk Telecom and their, and their lack of depth uh, rotation-wise. And, and actually, Sam Decker in the interview talks about the additions of Foster and O'Brien. Um, but the, they have gotten some big-time performances from uh, their Turkish players as well. Not not a lot of them, obviously, but um, they have gotten some big performances all season. Um 
regarding, uh, I don't know if do you have anything else on that game. No, I mean I could go into depth, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, Nizni, just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. That you said about the Turkish players playing for them, uh, it, it's now turning into next guy up because it used to be only Muhammad Baygul, then it used to be Baygul for some minutes, then it got into Samit Geik, then after that it turned it to Erdi Gulaslan. Now it's John Korkmaz. There, there. That's already four guys, four Turkish guys who extend your rotation to ten deep, basically. And it's it's a pleasure to watch them because Burak Gurun is a kind of coach that makes them play like an NBA team. Whoever is hot, he gets the ball. He doesn't he doesn't want to be a victim of just like playbooks and repeating same stuff over and over again. He feels like if Kyle Wilcher is hot, he's gonna take over. If Nick Johnson is hot, he's gonna take over. If John Korkmaz is hot, he's gonna take over. And that's that's the main um, threat that. Turk Telecom uh, present. I mean, they could go all the way because of the way they're coached and the depth they now have. Without a doubt. Um, uh, regarding the, the, the Nizni uh, Ike game that has been rescheduled for March 25th, and uh, that's of note. Uh, the game is a Nizni, and that's of note because Nizni, um, both teams are playing on the uh, March 23rd. Nizni playing at home against uh, Turk Telecom, and then um, Ike playing in Strasbourg. So on the 23rd, Ike play in Strasbourg, and then on the 25th, um, after uh, having to get to Nizni Novgorod, yeah. Uh, yeah, they then they tough. then have to go up against Nizni Novgorod. So that's a tough. Uh, you know, first a tough game at Strasbourg. Maybe fans in the stands by then. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how France are doing. Um, you know, that's another f- couple weeks by then. Um, and then to go to Nizhny Novgorod, which will probably still have fans. Um, and uh, so that's a tough one. I, I just wanted to throw that in there uh, with that, since we don't have anything to talk about about that game. Okay. Uh, Group L, uh, the last two games, uh, um, ER Nimberg, uh knocking off uh, Broza Bomber, giving the German their first uh, loss of the season, 91-87. And the other game, uh, Dynamo Cesari uh, falling at home, 97, uh, 95-83 to Kostanat Saragossa. So I'll let you go. Um, Sassari against Zaragoza was a good game to watch, and it showed that Zaragoza are a much improved team with Jacob Viley compared to Jason Thompson. I mean, Jason Thompson did have amazing numbers and he did look unstoppable at times, but Jacob Viley just gives him a whole new option with so much energy, which, like, he's a potent LU threat and you gotta, you gotta love it. The, the way that he's pressed the floor with them, he, he's been playing amazing for North Macedonia in the bubble. Um, for the Eurobasket qualifiers, and he just like he he's on he he feels like he's going giving it one hundred and fifty percent every single time he's out there. Yeah, um, you he adds depth to an already deep team. Forty eight yeah. to fourteen bench points for Saragossa. Um, that's just you know uh, just uh, almost an embarrassment of riches. Um, for the other game, for the Nimburg uh, Bomber game, I kind of I, I wrote um, they kind of 
um, out Bumberg to Bumberg, where you know they just you know stuck you know stayed close and then just kind of pulled away. It was a, it was a four game a four point game at the end, uh, but um, you know it, it was a it was a double digit lead for for a while there, and you know and you know they just showed their class uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Bumbek had a lot of struggles with their injuries and absences, so this was always going to be Nimburg's game to win a win or lose. And it feels like Retin Obasohan said had some additional motive for this one going against his old team. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's just a, I mean, good old Nimburg. Like nobody talks about him. They keep on winning. They can keep on bringing new guys and they fit right in and they're full of tricks and tactical traps and everything and nobody <laughs> knows about it I mean, and a quiet game offensively from uh from Wojtek as well i think he only had 12 yeah. so you know just yeah. is, i mean you have Pruitt you have Pruitt who's who's hot so you give him the ball more yeah that's just the the way they they work nowadays it's not anymore like we depend on Wojtek Hruban scoring 30 points or Jaromir Bohacic exploding for 15 15 15 10 and 10 i mean it's just Nimburg are a, a project that has been going on for so long now and i'm never surprised to see them win games against juggernauts like Bamberg yeah, we talked to uh, Oren Amiel, the head coach, a couple uh, weeks ago on the podcast. So go back and listen to that one. Let's move to overtime. Um, I have stat of the week to start us off. Uh, why don't you start? I've got six. That's the most three-pointers made without a miss in a BCL game. It's a record by Jonathan Barreiro. He tied uh, Paulius Valinskas from uh, Lietkabelis uh, like a couple of seasons ago. The odd part about it is like Barrero went six for six and won the game for Zaragoza, but uh, the previous records came in a loss because not even six for six from Valinskas was enough for Liet Kabelis to win the game against Dijon. My number is 24, the number of turnovers that Favriga committed against Burros, and yet there was a one-point game in overtime. Just uh, learning experience, you just cannot... Uh, I mean, tur- 24 turnovers and you're still in the game. I, that, that speaks to just how good that uh, they uh, really are able to play, but that's um, that's just way too many. Yep. Did you know, uh, actually, is uh, uh, is a, I guess, a little preview whatnot for, for the uh, interview with Sam Decker. Uh, Sam Decker went to two Final Fours with Wisconsin, and in the Final Eight, the Elite Eight of the first one uh, in 2014, his Wisconsin knocked off Arizona and current teammate Nick Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's got to be a talking point for them in the locker room. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've got Tomislav Zubcic, my man from Croatia. He came back from injury and it's, it's nice to see him playing at this level, but like 10 years ago, he was one of the highest prospects that we ever had in Croatia. And he opted for another version of how to get to the NBA league. So Tomislav Zubcic actually played the G league for Oklahoma city blue. There you go. Uh, I remember Supsic actually at the Albert Schweitzer turn, uh, tournament way back. Yes, yes. That, I was really was impressed his... with him back then. I think it was with, even with Radosevic, right? Radosevic from uh, from Bayern. Radosevic, yes. Radosevic, Prostran, and Zubcic played the point guard. He was a <laughs> man. Point I, it was he was fantastic back then. Yeah, uh, that, that's <laughs> what we thought we we're gonna get. Like he he looked like 
Alexei Pokushevsky before Alexei Pokushevsky. And so now he then tried with Sivona and Cedevita and went to Ritas and tried out with other teams. And then he said, like, it's now or never and just went to the G League and played for OKC, but never got the call up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Overreaction Friday. What do you got? Uh, I mean, Turk Telecom are going to win this. <laughs> I was just so impressed with them against Strasbourg. So uh, I got to say, I mean, once they have Sam Decker back, it's going to be crazy good. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to actually say this, um, but um, well, I'll definitely say, without a doubt, we have a third Spanish team that's uh, in a ser super serious uh, title contender. Uh, with Saragossa, with the addition of uh, Jacob Wiley, you know he just uh, gives them so much, um, so much more dynamics um, yep. uh, in in the in the block at and at, at both ends, and uh, so you know we've we've been talking a lot about Burgos and and, and Tenerife and and okay here and there you know I, I'm scared with 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 Ennis and stuff like that, but uh, with a guy like uh, Wiley there um, that just adds so much to an already you know so much, so dangerous team so. Um, Definitely, we'll say a third team, uh, Spanish Spanish team, is a super serious uh, title contender. Um, so I totally should uh, be surprised with uh, is our. So I I totally should be surprised with thoughts that Tofas could beat Kashiaka. <laughs> <laughs> um and especially not in Karciaka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you know but no but I, because of Taylor and and Mbai. Yeah. That's yeah. more that's more the reason. Uh, you know, especially yeah, I mean fans right if it's a normal season then we could talk about fans and stuff like that but I just with those two guys uh and and Tofas just don't have the guys uh, don't have the experience yet. So that that's what I have I totally should be surprised with. What do you have? I totally should be surprised with the amount of difference between Nigokea and Tenerife because a 20-point defeat is not something you see very often with Nigokea. Mm -hmm. We already talked about them, like they're so tough and they never give up and they're just boring with the way they keep on beating you. And this was their second largest defeat of the season. They only lost to Mega by 22 and now to Tenerife by 20 and... It's not it's not something that happens. Like even when they play against uh, the best clubs of the Adriatic League, like Cedevita in Ljubljana, they played them and went to overtime. So the a blowout defeat is something you don't see with Igokea, and that's why I'm totally surprised with it. On the other hand, um, I should not be. I sh I totally should not be surprised with. What do you have? Uh, Vefriga being a contender because this is now getting so serious. I mean, they're playing against the defending champs away from home, have a double-digit lead, uh, have a chance to win it. Uh, like you said, they have 24 turnovers, so imagine how much good stuff they had done to still be in the game despite turning the ball over so many times. I mean, this is, this is getting serious, and then I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised if they manage to reach the final eight at this point. Yeah, um, I actually kind of with yours. Totally should be surprised with. I'm going to go not should totally 
not be surprised with um, Tenerife um, actually running away with it late. Um, you know, the way they do things, you know, with yeah. their passing and, you know, and here's, you know, we'll get one more pass and there's your open three-pointer. We'll do one more pass. We'll do two more passes. There's your open three-pointer. Um, and it got, I think it, I think it frustrated. Um, you saw Iokeo kind of get frustrated a little bit, uh, by it. And then, and, and that just, um, you know, that kind of snowballed at, at the end. Was it a 20 point victory? Probably not, but, um, that's how they play. And that's, and that's why yeah, they, they did the same thing over the weekend in the Spanish league. There was like a, nine point game after three quarters and then they won by 30. Yeah, it's just boom, boom, boom. And then it's yeah. good, good night. All right. Uh, let's move to our interview. Uh, I talked to uh, Sam Decker. Um, and uh, so here's my chat with him. Um, enjoy. All right. On the show this week from Turk Telecom Anchor, we have Sam Decker. Sam, thanks for uh, taking some time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk a little bit. Um, okay, so you missed uh, Turk Telecom's first game of the playoffs this past week. Uh, maybe just first give us uh, and the BCL fans an update as far as injury goes. Uh, what happened? How long do you expect to be out? What not? Yeah, uh, I'm you know, taping this Thursday evening, so a week ago today, stepped on a teammate's foot in uh, practice. Um, just a regular basketball play, nothing you can do about it and, uh, turned my ankle pretty good. So, uh, you know, it's been a week now. I was able to shoot today and get up and down a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll probably be out this weekend, uh, against Fenerbahce, which is frustrating, uh, because that's a game we think we can, we can win and, um, you know, we played them really well last time, so I wish I wish I was out there uh, this weekend. But trying to be ready for Ike Athens you know, this upcoming week and um, should be good to go. All right, that's uh, good to hear. Definitely make sure uh, make sure uh, everything goes well. Uh, you were on the sidelines. We saw you um, watching your teammates open the playoffs with an 83. Uh, 76 victory over six Strasbourg. Five players scored in double figures. Something that you guys have been able to do sh- uh, shoulder to load in, uh, over uh, a number of guys. Uh, maybe your take on on the win? No, it was, it was a great win. Starting off, you know, the round of 16 and in, in, in a good way. Being at home helped. Uh, we're a very good team at home. Uh, we're always very comfortable at home. So. Having the guys, you know, step up in my absence and and take care of the load. Obviously, like you said, um, guys have been stepping up all year. You know, we've had Nick out, we've had Tyler out. Obviously, we've had um, Mike, Michael, Eric go to Cheska. You know, just guys in and out of the lineups, and you know, we've just had to step up. And uh, when you have leadership like guys with uh, Nick Johnson and Kyle Wilcher and new additions, Marcus Foster has been, was great and the other night, and Johnny O'Brien. You know, adding some talent definitely helps, and um, you know, helps helps the ease the load on, on some high high uh, impact guys and guys that play a lot of a lot of minutes. You know, down here in the stretch, some some more numbers and some more some more helpers uh, will be will be great for us. So, um, you know, especially in my absence, you know, that's 37, 36 minutes right there, uh, and the guy stepped up. I thought Nick 
uh, really got the ship going, and, uh, and then everyone kind of flowed in through there. So uh, I was really, really proud of the way the guys handled themselves. Yeah, um, you actually covered two two questions right there. Uh, you guys, um, you made a couple of changes over the last couple of weeks between the regular season and, and the playoffs. Uh, you mentioned Michael Eric uh, leaving, and you guys brought in Johnny O'Brien as well as uh, Marcus Foster. Both of the new guys uh, came up with big scores late. Um, and you also mentioned the, the minutes, you know, you had been averaging 37, Nick Johnson, 32, Eric had been at 27 and Kyle was at 33, um, and, uh, really were not, uh, getting a lot of production, a lot of, uh, contributions from the bench. Um, let's just talk sheer numbers as far as two guys, one guy leaving and two guys coming in. Um, how much relief will that be for you? And maybe talk about, I know it might be kind of hard because, uh, you didn't get a lot of games in, uh, um, uh, with the new guys, but maybe how you think that the, the, the changes, um, change the dynamics of the team. Yeah. I, you know, that's good questions. Um, I'll start with the, the second part. Um, Obviously, last year I was with Johnny in Russia with uh, Lokomotiv Kuban. So, uh, you know, I have some rapport there with, with Johnny, and, you know, he's had, um, he's been bounced around a little bit this year, and he just wants to win. That's the first thing he told me. He was like, he's like, I don't really care what position I play, how many minutes. I just, like, really want to win this year, especially with, you know, the roster we have. Um, so, him sliding in at the five, you know, not necessarily his most natural position, but, you know, he's a big body and, you know, that's going to just, you know, give Kyle a little break, Kyle Wilcher a break, you know, when he has to slide to the five and gives our guards, you know, some rim protection, you know, when, you know, um, guys drive to the hole. So, you know, that'll definitely help. And Marcus, uh, Marcus as well, just kind of a dog, you know, one of those guys that will do the little things. He's strong, a big guard. You know, we have a, no, our, uh, Nick and, and Marcus Foster, you know, uh, at the one and two, you know, we have some big, strong guys that can defend a lot of positions and um, take some pressure off some guards you know, like John Corkmas and, and Mummy Bagel. And Mummy's done a great job, you know, since I've been out, you know, at the three guarding, you know, some really talented guys. So, um, you know, that's minutes are minutes. You know, I, the coach wants to win. I want to win. So he always asks me if I'm, if I'm tired and no, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm healthy, I can be on the court. I'm going to be out there. So, um, there's been times where I've had to be on the court, you know, 38, 40 minutes and I'm okay with that. I, I, that's why I'm here to be on the floor. And, um, you know, I take care of my body. I watch how to eat. I get a lot of sleep. So, um, you know, I have the energy to be out there and, you know, just my natural personality is I want to be out there running around. So, um, I have no problem playing heavy minutes, but adding, you know, two really good players, some really uh, guys with you know good reputations. You know, it's going to help us, and you know, maybe spell me some minutes. So fourth quarter, I'm a little more fresh. So before we go further, kind of into into this season and, and also your background, I actually wanted to go back to the end of last season, um, uh, the final eight. Uh, you came into the team, and uh, and and the guy you and and Turk Telecom met up with uh, JDA Dijon. And, uh, you know, they beat you 83-82. You know, much of the talk uh, was that your your group of talent on that team 
just really didn't have enough time to, to be together and really, and that kind of, uh, wasn't able, and you really weren't able to overcome sort of the, the, the strong core that Dijon had had, um, you know, maybe go back and, and, uh, and think about that, uh, uh, about that, uh, final eight game, the quarterfinal game. Um, how do you, uh, how do you look back on that game? I think exactly how you put it. Um, just kind of not being ready. Uh, we never had like a, a, a consistent practice period together. Um, we had added Kiefer Sykes the last week right before the mm-hmm. right before the game, and you know we had to get used to that. And then during that time, Kyle Wilcher wasn't with us; he had COVID. Um, so. You know, it's two big players not really in practice, and Kiefer was had a little nagging injury, and um, you know we didn't have Nick Johnson, so uh, it was really just you know in terms of like the training camp right before it was basically like Tyler Ennis, myself, uh, Michael Eric, and then Kamar Baldwin, who's a rookie going through his first you know overseas experience, and then. Uh, the Turkish guys that, you know, are big parts of our team, but uh, we, we were just trying to gel and get to know each other. And um, with, you know, the health and, you know, being cautious, you know, it, it was hard to get a full slate of practice time before that game. And I just, just don't think we were totally comfortable yet together. And, you know, that's that happens. And uh, obviously, if we if we played today, I think it would be a different outcome. Um, but Dijon played a great game against us and, and advanced. So I, I was pretty upset after that game. I, it, it stung because I, I thought it was a chance for us to do something really cool. But um, hopefully in, in the next few weeks we can get back there. This was actually Kyle's second season with the club, and you actually played with him um, back in, with the Houston Rockets in 1617. Uh, maybe what did he say to you when you came into the team? Well, he was excited. He didn't think I was going to come. Um <laughs> You know, I guess the the front office asked him about it, and he was like, "No, I don't think Sam will come." And then I was actually interested, and he was surprised. And then Tyler Ennis called me and asked about Turk Telecom, and then we both called Kyle, and Kyle was very excited. And I said, "Okay, well, I'll, we'll do it if everyone says yes here." And we all were like, "Yeah, let, let's do it." So we were all in the Rockets together. So. Uh, we were all just very pumped, and um, you know Kyle has been great. He, he uh, you know, he, he, it's it's one of those things. He's all of our biggest fans. We're his biggest fan. Like he's, you know, such an easy guy to get along with, and um, he had only good things to say about, about Turk Telecom, and that that helped my decision. And he's definitely made my time much more comfortable. And um, you know, we've we've got a nice little culture here going. So, um, you know, we're all very comfortable here and, and Kyle's, you know, probably the biggest part of that. Let's just, uh, let's just fast forward. Uh, just one quick question, maybe, uh, about the whole regular season, just, uh, you know, recap you, you guys had, uh, Apo Jerusalem, uh, as well as Igokea and Limoges, uh, lost at Igokea. Um, and then won the two games against Limoges by a combined uh, eight points. Um, maybe just your biggest takeaways. Uh, and one of the one of the characteristics of that group in general was almost every game was a close game uh, for all the teams involved. Maybe just your biggest takeaway from uh, from the regular season. 
it was a grind. Yeah, every you know, every team understood, you know, the weight of each game. And when you give each team two weeks to pre- prepare for each game, it was like almost like a feeling of a single elimination tournament. Like you get two weeks to prep for this one, you know, 40 minutes <laughs> and, um, you know, to try to go on the road and, and win one of those games is tough. And we were, we were able to get a big win in Limoges, like you said, and then a 20 point comeback against Jerusalem on the road. You know, we were really proud of that win. And, um, you know, we showed a lot of character through some of those some of those wins and grinded them out at the end. And that's kind of what you know, Champions League is about this year. You know, a lot of teams just giving everything they have for that one game a week or one game every you know fourteen days. And uh, so it's, it, I definitely it opened my eyes to see how hard it is to win. You know, in these these situations right now, especially on the road. So um, everyone's putting their best foot forward. And you know, we saw that the other night again. Strasbourg, you know, long travel day coming in, and you know, hung tight with us the whole way. And it, I think with this same group, it's going to be the same thing. Um, you know, just everyone saying, "Hey, this is our situation. We may not all be healthy, or we are we didn't get good sleep, but we're going to go and 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 play our butts off." And uh, every team has been doing that. So it's 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 really been tough, but it's been fun. We like to go back and, and sort of uh, meet the, the, the players that we talk to, the, the individuals that we talk to on the podcast. Uh, you're from Sheboygan, uh, Wisconsin, which is uh, along Lake Michigan. Uh, maybe, you know, not, not necessarily known as a, a, as a hotbed of, uh, of basketball, um, but maybe just talk about um, what basketball was like growing up for you, maybe, and, and, and some of your role models. Yeah, so um, yeah, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, born and raised. I, you know, I still have a home there, and um, you know, it's it's you're, you're right. It's not a hotbed for hoops, but you know, they take their basketball seriously. Um, you know, we we take all our sports seriously in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a big thing for us. Um, whether it's the Green Bay Packers or Milwaukee Brewers, Milwaukee Bucks, Wisconsin Badgers, you really hold those teams dearly to your heart. You know, so growing up, my my role models were, you know, not just basketball players, but my role models were, you know, Ray Allen for the Bucks or Glenn Robinson for the Bucks and Brett Favre, obviously, and um, Reggie White, you know, a bunch of these, um, you know, great, you know, all-time greats in in Wisconsin sports and, um, and just trying to, trying to, add to you know the legacy of Wisconsin sports. So, um, you know, growing up, I always wanted to, you know, be a Wisconsin Badger. So that's where I, you know, had the opportunity to go to school and I, and I had to go, you know, I, I couldn't say no to that. And, um, you know, we really take pride in that. And I think that was instilled in me from my, from my dad. He was a basketball coach, you know, for 30 plus years was my high school coach, my brother's high school coach and my life coach. <laughs> so, um, you know, having basketball be, you know, the center of our family was really important. And, uh, my brother's six years older than me. So I would watch him. I wanted to be like him. And, um, you know, thankfully I grew a little taller than him, but he was an amazing player in our city and our, and played, uh, college hoops in the state. So, um, basketball is near and dear to us. So, uh, it's always been part of our family and part of my life. Not only were you Mr. Uh, Wisconsin Mr. Basketball, but you also uh, helped um, 
you helped uh, she- uh, Sheboygan area Lutheran win their first ever state title, uh, beating Racine Lutheran on a three pointer, basically at the buzzer at the Cole Center in in Madison as well. Uh, 2012. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure you 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 know uh, have uh, fond memories. Maybe just your favorite one uh, of that run. Man, um, that that was a you know incredible run. Sorry about that. That was an incredible run that we had. Um, you know, doing it with my dad at, at Sheboygan Lutheran, I think makes it sweeter. Um, you know. It's one of those things. A lot of times, there's a stigma about the coach's kid, but he never took it easy on me. And you know, I promised him I would get him a state title, and our school had never had one. Um, so just that moment, um, the, the big moment, you know, that journey, everything leading up to, you know, that shot. You know, we were down nine with less than a minute left, and you know, to hit some shots, you know, for my team, and then to hit the big one to win it. Um, and then, you know, see my dad there celebrating and giving him a hug. And um, the first thing he said to me, is, he was like, you promised. And uh, thank you. You promised me. Thank you. And, um, and yeah, I didn't, it, it, it hit me at that moment. You know, I almost started crying because, um, you know, he, he had been hoping for this moment his whole career. And, and uh, for me to be able to do that for him and for our school was um, something I'll never take for granted in, you know, high school. School, high school basketball, you know, you don't think about it too much, but when it's something that, that cool, uh, I think, I think I'll be proud of it, you know, when I get a little older. Uh, and then, I mean, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, a Badger, like you mentioned is, you know, that's, that's the, really the end all be all is in, in terms of sports. I mean, there's other schools, but that's obviously the main one. Uh, and you, you know, you really had a, an illustrious career there. Um, the you know two runs to the final four obviously those final four runs uh, didn't quite go as um as uh, as as you had uh, hoped for um maybe just your thoughts when i say aaron harrison 5.7 seconds left yeah that's that that stings cuz you know the um we talk a lot about you know especially wisconsin badger fans talk a lot about the second final four um, cause we were, you know, at either number one, two or three that whole season. And we were, I think 36 and four, you know, a, a team that we were rolling the whole season. And, um, but the year before it was, you know, we started super hot, had a lull and then got really hot again at the end of the year. And to lose that game to Kentucky, um, and Aaron Harrison hitting that amazing shot, you know, props to him for that. Um, I think that was our best chance uh, to to win a national title. You know, the next game would have been UConn, mm-hmm. who was not. They had a new coach mind, that, that very season good team. Too, they right? ended up winning. Yes, they did, and and they ended up winning it all. They got hot in 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 March, and it was the Kemba Walker in, run. Right? I think at eighteen. No, it was actually. Um, oh no, 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 not Kemba. What's his name? Um, yeah, yeah. Both. Uh, um. I think it might have been Boat, right? Um, yeah, they were an eight seed, and oh, right, uh, right, right. Kentucky was a seven seed. So the championship was just a little different that year. And um, I thought if we would have been in the in the title game, we would have matched up. So I think we would have 
actually beaten UConn pretty handily. Um, so that one, when I think about it, probably hurts more because that I, th- I thought that was our best chance to win a title and, and uh, to this day still think so. And then obviously, you know, you mentioned, you know, the people, you know, they probably think more about, you know, beating uh, undefeated Kentucky with, with all those NBA guys um, and then and then losing to Duke, to Duke in the championship game with all of those NBA guys. Um I saw a recent interview with you where you said um, that, you know, really it, it took you, I mean, really five years for it to really settle in what you actually guys, what you actually did, um, that you knocked off um, uh, that undefeated Kentucky team, uh, but that it hurts just as much because you weren't supposed to lose, um, you know, maybe your thoughts about uh, about that, that second um, at Final Four run. Yeah, everything that season led up to like the perfect fairy tale ending, right? You know, like you know, they just like in the movie, you know, you lose one year and then everyone comes back and mm-hmm. says we're going to do this and promise to each other we're going to win it all and we get there and then the last 5 minutes we fall apart and we don't do it. You know, that's not how the movie was supposed to end. The movie's supposed to be the last 5 minutes we play really well and win by 6 points and everyone's excited and whatever. And um so it didn't re- quite feel real after we lost. I, I, I had a hard time letting it go uh, because you know we thought I thought the movie was going to end in our favor and it ended up going to going to Duke and um, you know it stung and it hurt and uh, I, I never cried after losing before and after that game I cried. Um, part of it maybe was knowing that it was probably my last time in a Badger uniform, but. Another part of it was just I was so shocked and I was so just I, I just felt bad. I felt bad for our fans. I felt bad for my teammates and our coaches and our families who have traveled all over the country to watch us every every week. Um, I just felt all that weight at one, one time. You know, you've been kind of just putting it off to the side the whole year, just focused on each day. And then when it all comes crashing down, you really feel that weight and how sad people were and um it really hits you in that moment so um i I don't really know how to you know let the listener you know know how that feels but it's just like you just feel like you let so many people down including all the guys around you and each felt that so it was a pretty heavy moment and when i look back on it it's like man like i I still feel that sometimes and and wish we could go back and and change the ending of that movie you know yeah um, and Hoosiers, they win, uh, you know, after he's, it puts the, the small player on his shoulders, yeah. 10 feet, you know, uh, all the measurements are the same. Uh, there's, there's, you're playing in a 70, 70,000, 70,000 steep, you know, football arena. I know. I, but I it's just I like Shaboy. It would and, 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 and win the game. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. So it was, it was tough. Um, I'm not going to go uh, into all of the the NBA career. Uh, we like to ask, have our our listeners, our our BCL fans, 
uh, give them the chance to ask questions. Um, and, and Gordon Richards, uh, yeah. 001, um, his question is, what happened to your NBA career? So, I mean, your, your main stint was obviously with, with, with Houston, getting a chance to play with, uh, you know, a guy like James Harden, you know, must have been, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty, uh, a learning experience, whatever, you know, obviously you played, you know, against so many great players, um, maybe just, you know, his question was what happened to your career, your NBA career, maybe just, you know, talk a little bit about, um, how you look back on, on, on your time. Yeah, I mean, first, first and foremost, I, I never want to say like my career because it makes me think yeah, that hard. you know it's over. I'm only 26, you know. So, um, yeah, I played four years in the NBA, my second year overseas, and I'm still only 26. Um, so I have a long career ahead of me still, and my goal obviously is to be back in the NBA. Where I think you know, I, I think I belong, and I think. You know, ultimately, that's where I have my career path and in, in my sights. But I'm here right now, right? So I'm 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 in the in the Champions League. I'm in you know the Turkish league, and I'm I'm focused on that. And I, I want to make sure I prove every day that I can be great here um, to to show people that I can be good elsewhere. And um, that's kind of my, where my goal is at. But in terms of my NBA, you know, my first four years in the NBA. You know, there were some, there was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, being traded multiple times is hard um, to keep longevity in, in on a rookie con- contract, you know. So here's Houston getting traded to L.A. right after the season, getting traded to Cleveland, um, you know, starting the first month and a half for Cleveland and then getting hurt for, for a month and then getting getting traded during that time and going to Washington, you know, that's, that's a lot. It was, wasn't necessarily about my talent. Um, it was more of GMs and, and stuff saying, well, why isn't Sam stuck? Why, why, why has he been on four teams? Um, and that kind of made people have cold feet on signing, re-signing me back. Um, you know, and then obviously on top of that, you know, my role was different everywhere I went. I tried to thrive. I tried to do what I could, but my role was different. So, um, you know, shooting numbers would fluctuate and, um, you know, efficiency would fluctuate. So it was, you know, you know, people then wondering, okay, so Sam's, you know, good in the, good there, here, bad here, good, there, go up and down. Um, so I think it made it hard on GMs and scouts to get a read on me. And that's why I have to come here and, and prove it and prove my shooting improve my you know ball handling abilities and defensive abilities and um that's why guys like me come over here and um you know i feel like i'm doing what i have to do to get back but uh, i got to continue to do it at a high level and i can't get complacent um so if that makes sense um you know that's a kind of a long-winded answer but you know it was a kind of a roller coaster uh first four years in the nba for me good description good description of it um you mentioned we're 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 in the BCL, uh, we're in Europe. Um, Measy underscored fifty uh, asks, "Do you miss Michael Eric?" I do, <laughs> I do. I miss Mike a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure Mike probably wrote that question in. Yes. Um, so, but I am very happy for him. Um, you know, it's funny. 
when <laughs> he called Tyler Ennis to tell him that uh, that he was getting bought out by uh, Cheska. And the first thing he told Tyler was, I don't want to tell Sam. He'll be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that you know, makes, makes me feel good because, um, you know, Mike knows how much I appreciate him and our relationship and then how much he helped our team. And, you know, without him, I didn't think we had a chance to do what we wanted to do. Uh, but when you also have an opportunity to go to a great mm-hmm. program like uh, CSKA in Moscow, um, you know, one of the banner programs of EuroLeague, uh, you got to do it. And so I'm happy for him. You know, he won ACB last year in Basconia. Now he's a chance to win the EuroLeague with Cheska. Um, that'd be very cool. So I'm happy for him. But I miss him a lot. I miss our time. And um, uh, uh, such a great guy. Uh, Basket LV Grams asks, any thoughts of getting Turkish citizen- citizenship like uh, Shane Larkin did? Maybe just general, I guess this more general idea of, of you know, uh, getting a getting a European passport and whatnot just to, to help, uh, you know, with everything that goes along with that. Oh, I, I'm so interested. Um, actually, I've talked about it about all, all year and trying to work it out with some people and um, – I would love to get a Turkish passport and Turkish citizenship. And um, I, the country has been great to me. The, 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 the league has been great to me. And uh, I've gotten to know a lot of good, good players here, a lot of good Turkish players here and um, in, in the federation here. And they're, you know, they like me, I think. From what they tell me, they like me. And I, I like them back. And um, so I'm, ha- I'm having fun. And who knows? what ha- Whatever happens, happens. But uh, I would never turn down the opportunity um, you know, to, you know, kind of be with the national team and, and represent um, at Turkey and also just go going along with it, um, you know, it helps career wise as well. So um, I know Shane does it and, and um, Scotty Wilbekin, you know, mm-hmm. some guys uh, that take a lot of pride in that and I think it's pretty cool that they do that. So not only do we have um, players hijacking our questions, but now we have the, the basketball champions league, basketball CL social media guys over there. Um, ask how much do you remember about the first quarter of that November 2016 NBA game about uh, against the Knicks uh, that was obviously the fall in in Madison Square Garden um, yeah they 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 put it in there so yeah no it, it's it's fine um, I, it's funny it's funny um, I, I swear every day or every other day a new account or a meme account on Instagram or Twitter tags me in it and um i actually wrote a a, a blog about it that's coming up my that question in, mm-hmm. uh, on my website and uh just kind of spelling out for people and how i feel like people take it way more seriously than i do and i think that's super lame like i'm the one that that it happened to i'm the one that fell so why are people more some people are so passionate about it so like they were like, still to this day, like people are like mad at me for falling, and it happens, you know. I was, it it was it, it happens. People people trip, people fall, and um, I laughed about it that night. I laughed about it the next day with my teammates. Uh, I remember tweeting right after the game, laughing about it. Like, and I ended up still playing well that night. I, I had a, I've had a lot of good highlights in the NBA, and uh, but. Kind of the, the the world we're in right now. People love you know 
kicking people when they're down and um, finding faults or finding mistakes and pointing them out. So I know that's going to be shown more than my good highlights. That's just how the world is. And, um, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I was on an NBA court uh, playing meaningful minutes, doing what I love at the coolest arena in the world. In the garden. Um, yeah. Um, garden Carmelo Anthony that night. Like I, there was, there wasn't too much I could be complaining about. So if I trip and fall one time, uh, it's okay. And I had two very nice dunks in the second half. Uh, people don't talk about in that game, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I guess the, the fall does overshadow, uh, a lot of things and that's okay. It was a funny play. I, I, I've accepted it. I, um, I have no problem with people talking about it, but um, I can fall back on. I had a lot of good moments, and uh, I will continue to have a lot of good moments, and uh, that won't define who I am. <laughs> the DeckerPost.com. Go to go there. Uh, Sam wrote a piece uh, about that, uh, describing uh, uh, just a little bit about that. Um, there was a funny little uh, interjection also with uh, with uh, Coach D'Antoni. Um, you you go into a couple of different pieces. One of them is you know the the highlights of of Wisconsin of Wisconsin sports. Um, you mentioned how much how passionate uh, people in Wisconsin are about their sports teams, uh, college and and professional. Um, you also had one um, talking about the, the 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 greatest piece of advice. Um, that you ever received. You were 17. You were you were a recruit um, to to go to Wisconsin, and more or less, um, it was Bo Ryan, head coach of of of, um, of Wisconsin, basically saying every day you start with a with a new. You should start your day with a with a clean canvas. Everything uh, you know, everything that you had done the day before, clean it, and you start with a new day, and, and make sure that at the end of the day, you're proud uh, of the canvas that you created that day. Um, Go read that one as well. Um, all of the pieces are very interesting. I, I, I enjoyed each and every one of them for for reasons uh, in their own right. Maybe just what do you um, what what do you want to kind of accomplish? You know, what's your goal with uh, the DeckerPost.com? I, I, there's really no goal. Uh, honestly, it was just a, it's a cool space for me to you know like once a month or whatever I'm feeling like it to just write what's in my brain and try to be as unfiltered as possible. And, you know, if I get a chance to sit and write, you know, 15, 20 paragraphs about something, you know, it's hard for that to be misconstrued like a tweet could be, you know, or, mm. you know, just my opinion on um, whether it's a TV show I like or a, a memory of mine or a cool story that I know Badger fans will like, you know, there's a, there's a lot a wide range of things that I could I, I could write about and I can talk, talk about and um, that, that people would find interesting and I think it's just a cool space for me to just express that and I've learned that I enjoy writing um, kind of comes natural to me don't know I, I don't know why but I just think it's it's fun it's kind of therapeutic for me especially over here so um, really no goal um, I, I guess my goal is to just kind of make people laugh or make people think and um, make people, you know, understand that I'm just like everyone else. You know, I'm literally just like everyone else. And uh, I have the same feelings and anxieties and, and triumphs as everyone else. So, uh, 
yeah, it's 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 just a fun place for me to do that, and uh, also fills some time over here. You know, I'm over here alone right now, and get a chance to just sit down for a couple hours sometimes and just kind of mindlessly right away. Yeah, um, you're you're pretty active on um, uh, you're pretty active on on Twitter. Um, you know, you've you've done cameos uh, in the past as well. Uh, you have the the, the DeckerPost.com. Your, your wife is Olivia Harlan, who's a sportscaster, works as a sideline reporter uh, in you know with some pretty big some pretty big outlets. Uh, maybe how has her being in the media world influenced your presence on social media and and the web? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ever put her in a bad position, you know. And you know, her being in the media, sports media too, and. Uh, you know, she has her brand. I have my brand. You know, we're obviously married and, you know, looking out for each other's best interests. But also, you know, we both have careers to protect. And so uh, we also, we you know, especially Twitter, we don't really interact too much with each other on Twitter just because she kind of sticks to her stuff. I stick to my rambling I, I whatever and so she kind of just she just kind of stays out of the way um but we're, we're active on instagram together and people see us together on there and um everyone knows we're together so it's not really not not, not really weird for her uh, she was doing nba when we met but um she, we never she never had one of our games which was kind of lucky so um, you know, her, her father, Kevin has called multiple of many, many of my games, which is always fun. Um, but yeah, having them in the broadcast world kind of has opened my eyes to how hard they work and, uh, the time and effort they put in as we, as you and I talk right now, uh, my wife is speaking to, um, a sports journalism class, uh, on zoom, of Penn state university. So she's got she's doing a guest lecture right now. So we're both uh, we're both speaking and probably talking about each other right now. So uh, very cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm proud of her. And, uh, proud of her and the hard work they put in. Uh, her and her her father as well. So um, you know, yeah, it definitely gives me an appreciation for what they do. Uh, on on Twitter, I've seen you you post that you're a gamer. I'm not a gamer, so it's hard for me to figure out what games those are. Maybe what's your faves uh, and why. Yeah, I, I've been big on Call of Duty, like basically my whole, whole, you know, from my adolescence to now. Um, I was a big Call of Duty guy, and especially this year with quarantine, um, Warzone became huge just to interact with your friends and kind of just hang out. You know, you can't, can't go to the bar or can't go to a restaurant with your buddies, so just put your headsets on and you chat like this and play video games. So that was, it's kind of a therapeutic little space, and now it's turned into huge you know millions and millions of people every day playing so that's probably my favorite right now but i also i also like um mlb i'm a big baseball fan so i play that in my downtime and um i'll play old ncaa football like they don't make the game anymore but i go back and play just because it's it's fun you know recruiting guys and, and playing and um yeah, so I'm 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 pretty simple, but mostly Call of Duty right now because it's so popular and all my buddies play. So, uh, but I've yeah, video games have been a big part of my life, my brother's life, and my sister forever. So that's um, just an easy way for me to let my mind go. Uh, last two quote fun questions, I guess. Uh, most underrated thing about uh, Wisconsin? 
Uh, I would definitely say the. I would say how beautiful it is. Um, the lake. Um, uh, it's Sheboygan's on Lake Michigan, so which is huge. Uh, I don't know if our, our international fans. Um, they. I don't know how much they know about the Great Lakes, but basically it looks like an ocean. So um, I live right on the lake there. So it's you know on the beach and. Um, absolutely beautiful in the summer you know every place in wisconsin you know we have thousands and thousands of of inland lakes and rivers and cabins and so it's just kind of the most like peaceful getaway in 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 the summer um to go back um so and then obviously then having i don't think people really realize having a, a small market state having three professional sports teams is pretty cool and two major university teams uh, with Wisconsin football, Wisconsin basketball and Marquette basketball. I mean, Marquette, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're pretty we're pretty uh we're pretty blessed up there for a small market to have those big big programs that we can watch every night. Not quite the same question, biggest misconception about Wisconsin. Um people always say, "Oh, you're probably used to the cold." <laughs> and as, as a guy from Chicago, you okay. never get used to the cold. Thank you. Thank you. You never get used to the cold. And you being from Chicago, you know, when that wind whips through the mm-hmm. city, yep. like, there, I don't care how many times you've felt it. It's not fun. And, like, the same way growing up, I didn't want to go outside. Like, <laughs> you know, snow days, yeah, you go studying or whatever. But, like, when it gets down to zero Fahrenheit and you're walking outside in the wind, like, I don't care who you are. You're going to be cold. Why so am I doing I, I this? Think, <laughs> I, I think I think that's probably the biggest one. And then, oh, is there anything else on top of there? Cheese, uh, cheese, maybe. Yeah, I mean, people just talk with beer and cheese, which we do consume a lot of beer and cheese. But uh, there's a lot of good e- good eating up there. I think what, a big misconception that I think people hate on Milwaukee a lot, and I think it's gotten a lot nicer. Um, maybe be, maybe the sports teams being good now helps, but uh, I think it's an underrated city, to be truthfully honest. All right, let's get back to the BCL. You guys, you guys won the first game. You still have Ike and, and Nizney in, in the group. Uh, maybe just your, you know, Ike is you know obviously a great team with uh, a lot of great talent. Uh, you know, veteran leaders uh, brought in. Uh, uh, you know, obviously a, a new weapon as well. Uh, Nizhny is just kind of that the 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 um, team of of Russians, uh, just ready to 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 do you harm. I guess if you want to say it like that. Obviously, you you got to see Nizhny plenty last last season, um, and know what they can do. Maybe just your thoughts on 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 the group. Well, like you said, um, I. Always, I feel like every time I, I, I hear about them, everyone wants to talk about their veteran leadership. Um, and it's true. You know, they, they have a bunch of guys that have played a lot of big games and hit big shots. And they got they, their backcourt can, can score, uh, you know, 30 points whenever you need it. So uh, that's going to be a big test for us, especially coming this week, you know, when we have to go out to Athens. Um, they're also coming off some COVID protocols and, health issues so who knows uh, who knows what the rosters will look like for each team um when we suit up but um 
I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens. And um, in Nizhny, like you said, I got to see them last year. They play hard. They play really, really hard. Um, we we split one one with them when I was with Loco last year. Um, and then heading to their place, it's not easy place to to play is Nizhny, just because traveling there is not easy, and uh, it's a kind of a unique crowd, um, unique gym. They're going to have fans. That'll be huge advantage for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's one of those things that. Um, they don't have the roster that's uh, quote unquote sexy, but they play really hard. They play a great brand of basketball, and they're physical, and they're, they 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 hit big shots when it's needed. So it's going to be a test for us. Um, but I, I think getting this first win over Strasbourg was huge. Uh, so it can got, kind of give us you know we can still drop one or maybe even two on it at worst. Uh, but I think we'll be fine moving forward, and we hope to come out on top, number one in the group. Key to reaching the final eight. <sighs> Being healthy, uh, I, I think. I think health. You know, my ankle. Um, you know, knock on wood. Pray to God, no, uh, no more COVID. Um, just keeping everyone healthy, keeping everyone fresh. Um, you know, we got, like I said, we have a big Fenerbahce game this weekend in Turkish league. So I just got to get it, get everyone through that game healthy, uh, into the week to go to Athens and, um, hope everyone, you know, stays on top of what they need to and uh, stay safe. But uh, also I think uh, number two with that would be chemistry, um, adding two new guys, mm-hmm. just getting everyone in the mix on the same page. Uh, if we do that, I think we'll be all right and, um, we'll be able to move on. If I'm not mistaken, you have two titles in your career, uh, the high school title, and then that same summer, the FIBA under 18 America, uh, U18 America, FIBA America's title. Um, how hungry are you to win the BCL and what would it mean to you? I know game by game, but what would it mean? Oh, of course. No, it'd be huge. Um, you play to win, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, we're not here to take eighth. You know, we're, we're here to take first. And I said that before the final eight restart, you know, at the beginning of this season. I said I haven't won anything in a while. You know, I won, you know, Big Ten championships and went to Final Fours. But that's not, you know, winning, the, you know, the tournament. You know, that's not winning playoffs. You know, it's, it's you know, I want, I want to feel that. You know, I went to the NBA playoffs, lost in six games to the Spurs. Like, I just want to get – get one under my belt you know, on a professional level. I'd be very proud of that. And I would love to do it with Turk Telecom. I'd love to do it with the guys we have here, um, Americans and Turks, you know, guys that I've grown really close with, um, have a history with, and also for Coach Barak. And he's been done such a good job in letting me be me and play our game. I would just be so proud to do that with these guys. And um, so that would mean a lot. And it's definitely on my mind, and I want to do it. All right, that was uh, Sam Decker with Turk Turk Telecom Ankara. Sam, thanks for taking some time. Uh, Make sure you get that ankle healthy, and uh, good luck uh, in the uh, in the playoffs and uh, and and uh, maybe in the uh, final eight as well. I appreciate that. Thanks, David. Good talking to you. Okay, yeah, uh, very uh, very very pleasant person. Uh, uh, Wonderful conversation. Thank you to the uh, individuals who. 
who gave us questions. Also, the BCL uh, social media team uh, hijacking the uh, interview a little bit there. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just a lot of different facets to him. Uh, you know, with with him writing uh, and uh, and doing different things. And and I, th I think you asked last week. Do you think he could be you know that much more of a, of a title uh, MVP candidate? Uh, because of the uh, the breaks that the two editions give him, and um, and you know he talked about it. You know he said, you know, yeah, this is going to give me uh, some breaks. You know he likes to be on the court as much as he as he as he can or wants to. Um, but uh, you know, it, losing Eric is going to hurt. But it in in you know big scheme of things, it's two guys uh, instead of one. And that, uh, you know, really helps there with one of my big concerns was the rotation. I mean, I met Sam, like, when when we did the final eight previews with guys from Eurohoops, he was a guest on one of the shows, and he really felt like a great person, like somebody who's so easy to talk to. And then we met in Athens, and he was just like this, this big brother that I never had, even though he's younger than I am. So it's just like I, I wish him all the best because he's just he's really, really a cool guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's let's finish strong with the uh, the games next week. Um, Tuesday, uh, Tofas hosting Halone, uh, Fefriga. Uh, at uh, at home against Igokea, Burgos, uh, the big Spanish duo uh, uh, showdown, Burgos and Tenerife, Nimburg, Sasari, and Brindisi, Kashiaka. Um, <laughs> lots of good games in, uh, on the bill for, for Tuesday. Uh, anyone in particular? I mean, Igokea against Riga is going to be big because this is like, you cannot lose this one if you want to challenge the Spanish guys in your group. I totally agree. Uh, I think that's, uh, um, you know, this early in the game, uh, you know, to, in order to stay alive, you have to, you have to win that game. Uh, Wednesday, Ike getting their first game against, uh, Turk Telecom, uh, and then Saragossa, Bamberg, Strasbourg, uh, hosting Nizhny. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to probably, tr uh, watch the, um, the Saragossa game, um, and to see if um, if Bomberg are able to bounce back. Um, I know you you think I, I don't like uh, Bomberg. Uh, it, it's it's more. I just don't. I just don't. I don't trust them. Uh, I just don't. Think, I think they're playing a little bit over their head. Um, and so you know, this is a big game. They have to. They're gonna. Um, it's another road game, and uh, it would be great for them in order to steal one. Uh, but uh, so that's probably the one I'll be 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 watching. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to watch Ike because I need to see them in action to see how serious they are now. Uh, I'm not sure about the Moreira injury, but it's going to be a big game against Turk Telecom. All right, that's the show uh, this week. Uh, if you want to uh, catch up with us, uh, you can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. The handles are at BasketballCL. Uh, you can also uh, follow the uh, Basketball Champions League on the FIBA Twitch channel. Are you on Twitch at all? I know that's uh, a... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting the exact same answer you gave me. So, yeah, uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably going to try it out because it seems like a really good platform. 
Mm. But right at this point, it's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a bit too old for that now. Yeah, I, I saw the, uh, the the German Basketball League um, did their all-star game game. It was a game of, of, of greats and stuff. They, they did that on Twitch. And um, so, um, yeah, so that's a one platform more that people can go follow um, the Basketball Champions League and FIBA. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can get the mobile app. The, all of the great uh, content is on championsleague.basketball. The email address is info at championsleague.basketball. And all of the games are live and on demand on live basketball TV. So uh, any last uh, thoughts, comments? Not really. I mean, just stay following with the basketball. I mean, we now offer you so much more than any other platform does. We even have Twitch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're in 2050 already. I mean, <laughs> well said. With that, I will let you go. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, enjoy the, the action next week, and we'll talk to you next week.